You're listening to a Homeboy 88 production. Thank you, everybody, for joining the Homeboy 88 experience. This episode I did a while ago. This episode covers Tupac and the life and death of Tupac Amaro Shakur, as the title suggests. But what I didn't say in the episode is how I felt about him as an artist and as a man. He died at 25 years of age, but to me it seemed like he lived much longer than that. Why? Because he did so much in that short lifespan. And he lived three lifetimes within those 25 years. He was a poet, a rapper, a revolutionary, an actor. And he was a man that stood up and spoke out the injustice that he observed on his time on this earth. His mother, Afini Shakur, was really smart and a revolutionary and a leader in her community. So that's why it hit Tupac so hard when she turned to drugs to self-medicate against the injustice and the extermination of the Black Panther Party, which was a positive message for black people to change their mind state and succeed in life. Well, that message was instilled into Tupac, and there's a show on Hulu called Dear Mama about Tupac, and it is an artistic masterpiece, very slick, and artists like Dr. Dre, Snoop Doggy Dog, famous boxer Mike Tyson and Tupac's family do a deep dive on him growing up and lead into him being incarcerated at the Clinton Correctional Facility and then being signed into death row. So check that out on Hulu if you're a Tupac fan. It's called Dear Mama, a five-part series, and here's my show. Hope you like it. This Hip Hop 101 has a disclaimer, everybody. Okay? Parental discretion is advised, and it has a disclaimer, okay? Because this Hip Hop 101 finally is about the life and death of Tupac Shakur. Okay? Ready? And this is all alleged, okay? This is stuff I've seen on documentary, and uh, they already have it on Netflix. They already have it on Amazon and shit. So listen, people that wear Dodger colors and angel colors, you know what I'm talking about? Don't come after me, okay? Because I live in L.A. Don't come after me. This shit's already been out there. Yeah, there's been many a theory, and I'm putting it all together. But please, man, listen. Uh, This is my own version. So. Here we go. Lazane Parrish Crooks is born June 16th, 1971 in Manhattan, New York. Who is that, you ask? Lazane Parrish Crooks? Well, at age one, his mom changed his name to Tupac Amaru Shakur. Why Tupac Amaru? Guess who that was in real life? Tupac Amaro was an Incan ruler, a Latino revolutionary in Peru. The last Latino revolutionary. Could you believe it or not? Tupac is named after a Latino? Hell fucking yeah. Man, that deserves... That that deserves some music real quick, man. Are you serious? Tupac Amaro Shakur... Well, Tupac Amaro 
is named after an Incan ruler, Latino homeboy. That's right. That's why he loves Mexicans. That's why he says it in his songs, right? So in 1984, let's fast forward to 1984. God, he was born in 71? Jeez. He's old, he was, okay. So in 1984, Tupac, Amuro Shakur, moved to the city of Baltimore, Maryland, and he attended the Baltimore School for the Arts, where he studied acting, poetry, jazz, and ballet. But he did love hip-hop back in the days, and he would rap in school all the time with his friend Don the Mouse Smith. Because she, she was his beatbox while he busted a flow, you know, at school. And uh, everybody gathered around when Tupac would rap because, he, you know, even since the, you know, 1984, 85, he was good at it. He also befriended back then Jada Pinkett Smith. And they remained a lifelong friend uh, throughout his life. Okay. So. A lot of things happened from 1984 to uh, 1994, what I'm going to cover next. He really wanted to get into the hip-hop game, and he did with Digital Underground. <clears throat> Digital Underground was a rap group back in the days with Shock G and uh, Money B and uh, a couple other people, Digital Underground, man. You know, they went, they, they did the song, uh, All Around the World, the same song. And that's where Tupac made his debut. He made his debut on that single, and they actually used that song for a movie. Now, when Tupac made that song and that those lyrics, now I come around when I hang around with the underground. Dude, listen, I was like, who in the fuck is that guy? That guy can flow, bro. That guy can flow. And he was like on a little, like, they were carrying him around like he was a king and shit, right, on the video. And I was like, who's this guy, right? So I instantly became like a fan, like, oh, who's that? I know Money B. I know Shock G. I know Humpty Hump. Who's this new guy? So I was curious, right? And he released uh, Tupacalypse Now. And then he released, um, geez, man, off the top of the dome, Jesus Christ. Uh, strictly for my N-I-G-G-A-Z. I can't say it. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to, you know, piss anybody off. So those were the first two albums. So Tupac was a, mainly a New York rapper, right? And he had a lot of New York connections. He, he was living over there and he was hanging around a lot of people. One of the people he was hanging around and befriended was... Uh, the notorious B.I.G., um, Biggie Smalls, Baby Baby. They actually did a couple songs together early in their careers. I don't know if he was a friend of Puffy, but because, you know, uh, Biggie was with Puffy, he knew Puffy, and he knew that crew. Tupac was, um, you know, going around studio to studio, busting rhymes for uh, different people, you know, to get on their songs. But, you know, he was always Tupac. He was always loud and crazy and getting himself in trouble and talking shit. And, you know, just I guess, you know, I'm kind of like Tupac, man. Some people love me. Some people hate me. You know what I'm saying? Tupac was the same way. Look, I'm not saying I'm fucking a legend like Tupac. I'm not saying that. But in 1994, I guess he made a couple enemies. And I think... 
that was the year he got accused of rape. And he was with these no good for nothing people in the same room with him when all that shit went down with the girl up in a apartment complex. One of the guys, okay, here, here it goes. One of the guys name was Haitian Jack. He was a bad guy. He was a drug dealer in New York city. Okay. And Tupac for some reason, friended him. Okay. Befriended him, but he shouldn't have even Biggie told him, Hey dude, I know that guy. That guy's bad news, man. I I wouldn't uh, hang around with him. And Tupac's like, nah, man, that's my homie, right? That's my homeboy. And he didn't pay any attention. So when it goes down, right, and he gets accused of rape, those guys were on the, uh, supposedly this Tupac story. Tupac went to bed, right? The girl was out in the living room, and the Haitian Jack and his homies, uh, did stuff to the girl, whatever, okay? Tupac said he was in, in the fucking room, whatever. They all go to trial, okay? They're all going to trial. Tupac has his own trial. Haitian Jack and the other guys have their own trial separately. Well, guess what? Haitian Jack and his homies, they got, like, dismissed. Okay, you guys, don't worry about it. We're going to focus on Tupac. What? Come to find out later. I'm going to say this right now. This is all legend. And Tupac says it in the album uh, Machiavelli, the last song. Go listen to it. I guess he was an informant for the feds. This is what Tupac says in the song. And he gets off. Tupac, not so lucky. He gets accused of rape. Well, he gets accused of, um, what is it called? Uh, uh Three counts of molestation, but acquitted of six other charges. So Tupac goes to jail. Or or he's gonna go to jail. He's still he's still not in jail and he can go into the trial as he pleases. But in 19, November 29th, 1994, Tupac was in New York. A guy named Jimmy Henchman offered Tupac $7,000 to record at Quad Studios in Times Square. Well, he paid him, and on his way up to go record, three men initiated a robbery on Tupac and shot him five times. He was in surgery, and after surgery, he was in a wheelchair. And uh, you know what? Tupac's so tough that he went to court still the next day in a wheelchair. There's footage of that to fight the rape, rape charges. But he did eventually go to jail. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's what happened. And I think uh, Tupac thought, and it could have been that he got set up by, um, by Jimmy Henchman, the guy that actually paid him. That's bullshit, huh? Bullshit. So the year's 1995. 1995 comes around and Tupac's still in jail and shit. He doesn't, he doesn't really have any money. I guess he was bad with his money. And uh, what happens? He uh, tells his wife. I didn't even know he had a wife at the time. But he tells his wife, Keisha Morris, to contact Suge Knight in Los Angeles to come help him out. And that if you get him out of jail, 
he would sign with Death Row Records. Okay. And uh, yeah, Suge Knight uh, was like, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? And sent Tupac's mom $15,000 straight up. Straight up from Suge and Death Row Records. He went to go to go visit Tupac. They made a deal in jail right there. And he signs his ass. Signs his ass to uh, Death Row Records for a three-record contract. Okay, that's important to the story. He gets released. And what does he do? He creates one of the greatest albums. Not even hip-hop albums. In my opinion, number one hip-hop album of all time. But one of the greatest albums ever fucking made. All Eyes on Me. A double album with no filler. Go listen to that album, All Eyes on Me. From the first track to the last track. 20-some tracks. No garbage. No garbage. He was on fire. In prison, he says he couldn't write any raps because he felt he felt this uh, like oppression, like he just didn't want, he was depressed. He couldn't do anything. His hair grew out, right? He had a beard. He looked all, he looked like a different Tupac. He gets out, he shaves his head. He does the goatee. He goes into the studio and he doesn't stop. He not only recorded All Eyes on Me, double album. He records, as everybody knows, like 100, 200, 300 songs, man. He just lived in the studio, okay? So the double album counts as two, right? All he needs is one more to get out of the contract because guess what? He starts seeing what's going around on Death Row Records. And yeah, he's Tupac Shakur. But he sees Suge Knight. Allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly. You know what I'm saying? He sees Suge Knight beating the shit out of artists, young artists, for not doing what he's saying to do. Okay? Pistol whipping them. Uh, all kinds of horrible shit with pit bulls and shit. Come on, man. Tupac's like, you know what? I'm going to start Machiavelli Records, right? And I'm going to sign uh, my own artists like the Outlaws. He already, he already had the Outlaws. He was going to sign other people. It was going to be a big thing. A clothing line, would actually, which actually did come out. You can go online, Machiavelli Clothing. It's pretty cool, too. And he was going to get out of the contract and maybe even become a politician. He talked about that. But what else does Tupac do? He records one of the angriest diss records of all time to the notorious B.I.G., Puffy, and Bad Boy Records. Because while he was in prison, he heard a little song called Who Shot Ya? Okay. After he got shot, then he got thrown into prison. He got shot five times. And Biggie releases a song called Who Shot Ya? Why is that relevant? Because Biggie Smalls was in the building that Tupac was going to go up to record uh, some songs. Biggie, why in the fuck did you make that song? Okay? Even if it wasn't about Tupac, you make that song. It kind of sounds like it's about Tupac. You release it while he's in jail. And Tupac's a hothead. It, that's what caused the East Coast, West Coast beef. 
Not only that, New York at the time wasn't playing Snoop Dogg and Daz Corrupt and all the big guys from the West Coast. They're snobs. All they wanted to play was fucking Wu-Tang and all the New York people. But the big hits that were over here on the West Coast, they weren't getting played in the East Coast. So guess what? The, the West Coast was like, fuck the East Coast. And that also fueled the East-West beef around that time. Uh, where am I? Uh, he records uh, Hit Him Up, where he talks about Biggie's wife. Okay, go listen to the song. I'm not going to repeat it. Hateful, hateful things that he said in the song. I know, it's a diss track. Oh, the gloves are off, right? Or are they? Are they? Are they really? Because you know what? I'm going to say another allegedly. And Eminem says it on Kill Shot, the end of Kill Shot. And other people have said it. Puff Daddy puts a million dollar hit on Tupac's head. Allegedly. Wink, wink. Allegedly. So, check this out. Butterfly effect, everybody. While in Vegas, attending a Mike Tyson fight. Right? Mike Tyson's going to fight. Uh, who is he fighting? Mike Tyson versus. Uh, damn it, man. <laughs> Bruno. Frank Bruno? Yeah, Frank Bruno. He's going to fight Frank Bruno. And he does. Before the fight in the morning, Tupac sees Orlando Anderson in the casino. Who's Orlando Anderson? Orlando Anderson is a crip from Los Angeles. And what did Orlando Anderson do previously, like a week before? He robbed a guy on de from Death Row Records. He took his chain. That chain's worth like $100,000. He took his chain with his homies. They take off. And now they got the Death Row chain. They're like, look at this shit. We just jacked this guy for his chain. Okay? So Tupac sees him in the casino. He sees Orlando Anderson. Fucking crazy, right? What's he doing in the same casino? I guess he's going to see the fight. Did he fucking sell the chain for 100000 and get some tickets? Or did he already have some money? I don't know. But Tupac sees him, and then there's a video of it. He goes over and stomps him out on camera. First, he slugs him, right? Orlando falls to the ground, and he starts stomping him Robert De Niro style and fucking Goodfellas. Suge comes over, another Death Row members, they start stomping them out. They get up, people are coming, security, they take off. Well, allegedly Orlando Anderson calls up Puff Daddy and says, he's pissed off, right? He just got fucked up by Death Row Records and Tupac. And he asks him, hey, is that million dollars still good, Puffy? Is it? On Tupac's head? Puffy allegedly says, yes, it is, brother. Says, all right. Hangs up the phone. Click. And he goes looking for Tupac. This is my theory. You can believe it or, or not. Theory, alleged. Okay? I don't know for sure. So they're rolling around. Orlando Anderson and some Crips in a car. They're looking for him. They're looking for him. They can't find him. All of a sudden, they hear girls uh, screaming, Tupac, Tupac. What do they see? Tupac out of the sunroof 
looking at the girls going, what's up, right? Thug life. They're like, there he goes right fucking there, man. But they're going the opposite way. So Orlando Anderson, this crew, they flip a Yui. They're following him, following him. Now they get to a busy part on the strip or whatever. And they get it to a stop. Stop. They pull up to the side of him. And Orlando Anderson, allegedly, he takes the gun. He's in the back seat because nobody wants to do it. He's like, give me that fucking shit. He rolls down the window. Tupac looks. Pop, 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 pop. A bullet entered his right lung, along with shots to his thigh and chest. Suge Knight, who was driving the car, and Tupac was in the passenger seat, also gets hit. I think he got hit in the head. He got grazed. So... The theory that Suge Knight got Tupac killed, oh, yeah, just fucking uh, shoot seven times, but just don't hit me. Can you graze me in the head? Can you shoot me in the head? But don't hit, I mean, don't don't fucking go through my skull. You know what I'm saying? Go, don't, don't do it through my skull or my chest or whatever. Just graze me with the fucking bullet. Come on, guys. That theory's out the fucking window, okay? So Tupac, he gets taken to the hospital. And at the time, like I said, I was a huge Tupac fan. I heard the news, you know, the next morning. The the next morning, you know, it was at nighttime. And uh, I was really, really sad. And uh, at first I was like, man, he's going to make it through. He got shot five times. He only got shot three times this time. He's going to pull through. He's going to make a fucking song. He's going to be Superman. But no, people were visiting him in the hospital. He got shot in the right lung. It pierced through his right lung. And Tupac, days later, dies of internal bleeding. Okay. He dies of internal bleeding. Uh, My favorite rapper at the time of all time dies in the hospital in Vegas. And... I was fucking devastated, man. All right? I was devastated. And, uh... Oh, shit. So, they cremate Tupac's body. I don't know why they... You know, I guess they didn't want everybody... Hold on. They didn't want everybody, you know... Going to his funeral, it's too crazy, right? Plus, they might there might have been a shootout at his fucking funeral. Who fucking knows? Okay, they wanted to avoid all that. They cremate his body right away, right the fuck away, and uh, they have a little funeral for him for for close friends and family and people that knew him and stuff. Here's the crazy thing. Um, I was listening to the radio in Los Angeles um, during that time, and there was a guy named Theo on 92.3 The Beat. You guys remember the song, To Live and Die in L.A.? Go listen to that song. He says uh, at the end of the song, he gives a shout-out to 92.3 The Beat. He was really good friends with Theo. And Theo said, man, I wish I would have fucking said something to him because the previous week, 
I saw him at a, I saw him at a club because Theo was a huge DJ on 92.3 The Beat. I think he came out of, around like at 3 p.m. He had this deep, deep voice. Everybody thought he was black, but he was Filipino, right? And he was Tupac's buddy. And he said he saw him at a club a week previous, and he saw him just sitting there in his fucking thoughts. And uh, he went up to him, and he's like, Pac, what's up? You know, like you normally do, because Tupac had a lot of energy, man. And Tupac, like, barely looked up at him and goes, hey, what's up, dude? How's it going, man? As if he knew he was in trouble for that Hit Him Up song. As if he knew shit was going to go down because of this and because of that. I think he knew he was going to die soon. I think he knew that um, all this fucking tough talk on record and all these threats and all this shit is going to catch up to you, man. Live by the gun, die by the gun. They didn't have to, I mean, uh, the guy that killed him allegedly was a crip. But uh, if it's true that, uh, oh, man, if it's true that Puffy put a million-dollar hit on his head, let me ask a question to everybody. Is he kind of responsible for this shit a little bit? Huh? I don't know. This is allegedly... Homeboy88 saying that. I don't want to fucking blast it. Okay. This got serious at the end. This is like a funny show. But yeah, Tupac was my favorite. All Eyes on Me is fucking number one hip-hop album for me, man. I love that fucking album. Okay. I love it. And um, Tupac dies. Now, is he still alive, ladies and gentlemen? His mom came on uh, Theo's radio show like a year after his death because he released Machiavelli, the seven-day theory, and the theory was that seven days, like God, means seven years or whatever. I don't know what the fucking whatever. Everybody just had hope that he was chilling out in Cuba or South America or somewhere, right? Because they don't want him to die. They don't want Tupac to die. But guess what? He doesn't die because his music, he's... He lives on. You can hear him, man. You can hear that passion that he had. And his fucking voice is awesome, man. Just go play some Tupac. Go play his fucking catalog on Spotify, on your CDs, if you got it. I got All Eyes on Me on CD twice. I got the original, and then I got the deluxe version with videos and shit. And I got the fucking vinyl record of it. Jesus. I think I had the cassette. <laughs> I had the double cassette for my car when I had a cassette player. So cassette, two CDs, and vinyl. No joke. Big, big fan. Um, who's in here? Can can somebody tell me who's in here? Um, please. Uh, who's in here? Can you guys type? I know I'm doing a show. I'm not answering calls. I'm not really looking at my screen. This is the Homeboy 88 podcast. I'm doing it live on my PC with my Blue Yeti mic. Um, let's get back to Tupac. Is he still alive? Nah. Nah. Even I wanted to believe it. There was an album called... Um, shit. I think it was called Shed Tears for the World. This one guy... He released it, 
and his name was K-R-A-Z-Y, crazy, okay? And he fucking sounded exactly like Tupac, and people thought it was Tupac. And he's like, I shed tears for the world, right? And he had that song. He had a couple other bangers on that album. I'm going to put it. I still have the album on CD. I'm going to put it, and I'm going to play it one day on uh, on Podbean. It's pretty cool. It's pretty trippy. A couple of people did it, but he did it better, man. He sounded like Tupac, man. Is he still alive? No. When Coachella came out and they did to to America's Most Wanted, or uh, no, ain't nothing but against the party, right? Him and Snoop and his hologram came out and people were freaked out at first, but then they're like, oh, shit. And by the way, whatever happened to the holograms, man? That shit went away. Was it too expensive? They did Tupac and they did Michael Jackson for the award show. But um, enough about that. So that was another installment of Hip Hop 101. I'm sorry for getting a little down and out. but Big sight. <laughs> new, new, hey, new, hey, new, hey, new. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hip Hop 101 featuring Tupac. If you're not listening on Spotify, you're going to miss out because there will be a special version of this show with music from Tupac Shakur in between segments. So listen on Spotify, and if you don't have it, get the free version of Spotify. And like I always say, please follow me on Spotify and share the show on your social media. I want the show to grow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Peace out. Peace out.